podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening. Or watching. Or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Remond, and my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You alright? Oh, very well, mate. What an entertaining week, you know, inside the football world, but outside of the pit, off the pitch. Yeah, um, not the most entertaining uh, of results. Um, And the game were alright against United. Um, right. To be fair, but not not the most of entertaining results. But yeah, off the pitch, of course, uh, we'll get into the the European Super League. But yeah, incredibly entertaining, uh, and thankfully, um, the result that we wanted in the end from that, at least. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it, like you're saying. But uh, I mean, probably be one of them things in pub quizzes in years to come. Like, what what game was going on when the Super League was announced? United. Potentially, yeah. There's yeah. only one Premier League game at the time. What what was it? it it's interesting that, and it? Harry Maguire and that they they were a bit pissed off, weren't they? Because they weren't told about it, and they were out on the pitch playing when it was announced. And apparently, it was involving them. And then they got stuck with a few questions with it in the post match. I bet they were fuming. I bet Maguire and that were absolutely fuming. You would be, wouldn't you? Oh, massively. It's uh, it was funny because I was listening to. Uh... Pep before this match behind me, and uh, he said, "Oh, I've t- I've told you what I think about yesterday." And then question two was about the same thing. Question three was about the same thing, and he kept just saying, "Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm. I, I've mentioned it. I talked about it yesterday." And I'm thinking, this reporter's got no contingency whatsoever. He's just based all his questions yeah. on the pre-match on are you happy or not, and he weren't he weren't for answering it. But yeah, you'd be pissed off if you throw him under the bus and you don't even have a pre- preparation for it. Yeah, and it seems like every single player and manager from the top six and the, the three Spanish and three Italians um, were thrown under the bus as well. But like I said, we'll get on to that. We haven't done all the niceties anyway. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, done. I think we have. You, you did ask me that. Did I? Yeah, and then well, I said... What have you been up to we, this week? We Sorry. Well, 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 um, well, yeah, I didn't ask you that then, have I? There you go. I've been doing my little shed slash office studio thing up at the minute. That's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, for those that don't know, you're building a like a, a well, you built a shed, big shed in your back garden that you're going to turn into like an office studio vibe. Yeah, it's cool. It's a uh, it's a lot. It's just an expensive little shed, basically. Yeah, but it's yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, we've both been busy off away from the podcast. I thankfully I've now done what I was doing, and it's all a bit calmed down now. But then after that calmed down, which basically I think I said before, I was sort of like trying to do a house up to rent it out. That's finally rented out and I have a tenant in it. But now, ever since the day that they moved in, I've been working every single day. So I've just not, I just want a day off. I've got a day off. I've got a few days off soon, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So hopefully we can have a day off. But like I said, um, busy times. Yeah, watch along Sunday. Kieran's back though. So Simon's going to be fuming. Yeah, my dad has a... I can't remember the lad's name. The lad from um, Complete Home Furniture. Dave, innit? Dave. Complete Home Furniture. Um, if you want, I ain't got the sound behind me today, Dave, if you're watching or listening, unfortunately. Um, for those that are watching on the podcast, by the way, you will have noticed that a bit of a change of scenery. Um, basically, it's because we're recording at 10 o'clock at night because me and Simon were both too busy 
Um, everyone in this house, apart from me, is asleep. So I can't do it upstairs in the office because it's next door to the bedroom. And obviously the little boy will hear me as well because it's just down the hallway. And I can't do it in the kitchen because it's a mess. And I don't fancy tidying it at, at 10 o'clock at night. Do you know what you need? An office what? garden studio shed. Well, I, 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 we've had this discussion out there. I said I'd like one, but I technically have the space here to not have to yeah. spend 10 grand on doing it but for some reason i still find myself fucking shoved into like corners and on settees and stuff even though i've got the space and um, that's a different debate um but anyway let's get into it then um oh yes good point literally a good point if you're watching on the podcast um we are of course sponsored by pitch sports um it is on the bottom of your screen now if you're watching on facebook on Friday evening or YouTube, whenever you want at your leisure. Um, we are, as I said, sponsored by Pitchboard. It is a fan hub app. It is available in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. It is available across the UK and Ireland. So if you haven't downloaded it already, please go and do that now. Pause the podcast. Do it now. We'll wait. Right, welcome back. Thank you for downloading Pitchboard. Um, anyway, let's get into it then. Manchester United 3. Burnley won. It's, it wasn't the result we wanted, um, but it was one of them games where you go into it and you, you... Obviously, we've had a good record at Old Trafford in the last few years or so, but um, they seem to be a better side this year. We seem to be a worse side this year. So we're all kind of like just expecting it, weren't we, to go into that game and get beat. Um, but we did a good account of ourselves, to be fair. We played really well, obviously. Got the goal through James Tarkovsky and another assist from a Westy corner. Um, and... In the end, we were unfortunate to lose because it was a deflected second goal, wasn't it? And then the third goal is just because of the game's opened up and we've tried to equalise, so you can kind of discount that anyway. But without that deflected finish, it, it could have easily been 1-1 and then you know the gap to Fulham would have been back down to seven points after their point earlier earlier on Sunday. Um, so a disappointing result, but decent performance and a good account of ourselves. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, th- these were my feelings, but I read it on Twitter and I think... Uh... It's worth a shout out that Stefan Wilson said it on Twitter that he's there. Uh, he's never been so so. I can't remember the wording exactly, but he's never been as happy with a performance in a three-one defeat before as a Burnley fan, you know. And and I can't really uh, disagree with that. I've got to echo it to to its max because it, it was never a game that I don't know. It was entertaining, weren't it? Like we we actually we did attack. Well, four-five-one. Let's not forget. So it's a completely different formation than yeah. we played uh, in Dash in. in a season and um, a season and a half nearly. I don't think it's been since we played a four-five-one, uh, and it was it was impressive, mate. Wood played incredible. It's worth yeah. A Wood were class leading line. He was. I, I thought he'd be isolated. I thought he'd be redundant up there on his own. But ge- genuinely, probably played the best hold-up play I've seen him play at Burnley Football Club. He was brilliant. Um, Link-up play, everything. But then they got the goal, like you said, Tarky. Uh, Talking with a powerhouse of an header, but like you said, Westy's set piece, mate. It's, it's all yeah, West is, that's why I think that's why West is probably one of the first people on the team sheet because he's he, yeah, he did. Um, he's just his set pieces are so good, Westy, and obviously, he's good in open play as well. I think, I think, I think the three worked. I think, honestly, I think the three we've had a few yeah. issues in midfield recently. We've had this big debate about should we have Westy Cork or Westy Brownell or Cork and Brownell, and then Brownell had some absolutely worldy games. Uh, and then Brownell's had some quiet games. To be fair, like for all the praise I give him on here, I'm I will, I'm more than happy to say that he was poor recently. But even uh, I thought Brownell, all three of them played well in the middle. And I think the reason why we all thought that um, 
Chris Wood were going to be isolated up there is because when he's played up there on his own before in a 4 5 one, he has been isolated. It weren't really a, a reflection on what we thought of him or his game or anything like that. Um, but I think I think that 4 5 one works when you're playing some decent wingers because you've got instead of like having Hendrick and somebody else on the left, you've got Goodmanson and, and McNeil. So them two can actually get forward. And I think when we had the ball and we were wanting to go forward, it were quickly turning into sort of like 4 3 3. Browner were playing in sort of like a deep role as well when we didn't have the ball, when it was like a four, sort of like 4 1 4 1 sort of thing. So it was quite, quite flexible and good to see. And I think the fact that we had, like I said, McNeil and, and JBG on the wings helped massively because we were able to get forward and we were able to, to not have Wood as isolated as a 4 5 1 would usually have him. Yeah, you, you were good. Like you said, it was a foot, probably the link up play made it a 4 4. Four three three. Sorry, because he gave the options to the to wingers to come forward. It wasn't just a long ball, which which is credit to the the wing backs that were playing. If they were theoretically becoming wing backs, their delivery into Chris was obviously bang on because he, he pretty much won everything. Um, and he can't win it if you're pumping it down the channels and, and expecting him to exactly yeah. have a race all the time. So yeah, no, it was a good team performance, mate. And then going on to their second goal, I mean. That, that shit shouldn't happen, but it does, unfortunately, when you're against teams like United because they are going to shoot more. Um, but normally that shit doesn't happen. At Burnley. You know, we're, we're quite solid. We're quite rigid at the back. Little deflections like that that go in are just heartbreaking. So, unfortunate, and you nailed it, mate. The third goal never happens, but... Yeah, I'll, you can Kavani discount that. Like, uh... he, fair play to Cavani. He, he changed the game, mate. Yeah, to say he's, you know, the wrong side of... 30-odd, he's, you know, he's, he's still a decent striker. He's, he's a very, very good finisher. Uh, and it's a shame that it's taken him so long to get to the Premier League. I'd like to think Cavani in the Premier League five, six years ago instead of wasting himself uh, in a Farmers League. But, um, yeah, so what do you want to do then with this sort of like 4-5-1 personally? Do you think we should we should keep that shape? Because I, I thought we played that well against Man United. And let's not forget, Man United are second in league now. Um, and we've lost to them twice this season through two deflected goals. Obviously, Pogba's deflected goal um, at the turf earlier in the season. And again, this this weekend at Old Trafford. Um, so we could have easily picked up two points of that. And I think this time, with the 4-5-1, after the, the problems that we've had with the midfield not protecting the defence in the um, Newcastle and Southampton games, it were good to see some actual... You know, we looked solid at the back. We haven't mm. looked solid at the back for a while. And we looked OK going forward again. So I think it, it makes sense to, to play it against Wolves this weekend. Yeah, it would. I mean, it's it's hard to say like all four four two is dead when we've had recent success with it. You know, finishing seven, for example, only two years ago. Um, but yeah, no, I do think that if you want to play certain games against certain teams that are going to put a press on a four three three, does give you the da- um, the four three three or the four five one, whichever. Uh, you're laying in it gives you more of a diamond in attacking and it gives you a better press i think jack cork his experience gives brownhill a bit more sort of freedom to to do run around and do the dog work and stuff um i think they complement each other with westy in there because i just i don't know i just enjoy all three of them and it's difficult to pick a two out of them and we've said this before in previous podcasts so i would like to see a four five one but it's one of them ones that I probably wouldn't like to see it at home against Brighton, for example. I'd want to see us going a bit more at it, like a four, like the four four two, for example, with Vidra up top has created so many chances at the minute. 
I wouldn't yeah. want to necessarily step back away from that. But four five one turning into a four three three is definitely the future of where we can be, especially away from home and stuff like that. Yeah, you mentioned Vidra. Um unfortunate to, to miss out really he has been playing well recently but I, I think he would have been isolated in that role obviously we, I'm sure we'd have adapted to, to Vidra's style we'd have been more likely to pump it down the wings for him to chase it um, if we had Vidra up top which is probably why we didn't play him because we, we didn't really want to get into that battle but again it, you could probably play Vidra in that sort of role against the lesser sides but again I think yeah I think you're more likely to play 4-4-2 because Wood and Vids have been creating so much together recently um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that he can probably feel a little bit disheartened to miss out, especially after he's been playing so well. And there was an article in The Athletic this week by, of course, a uh, friend of the podcast, Andy Jones, the Burnley reporter at The Athletic, sort of like saying how um, Vidra had a meeting with Daesh and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and he was working on the things that Daesh was telling him rather than you know, being moody and, uh, and things like that about it, like, like he has been or may have been uh, recently. But um, I think it's fair to say he was um, unfortunately left out, but can kind of see why. Well, we can as fans anyway. Well, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because defensively, I thought our oh, shit were brilliant, mate. Like the four um, at the back ended up being hunting in threes on the wings. Like ex- yeah. every time that Greenwood or Rashford got wide, there would be three of them constantly marking the pass lane and, and one putting on a press. Uh, and it worked amazingly well, but we still conceded three goals, even though we played so well in pre- uh, defensively. So, it is a little bit deflating, but it, can you not just take your out off sometimes to the quality of the opposition? Yeah, the, I think or, or, or the, the quality of the opposition, opposition, should I say, you could you could definitely see that in the third goal. It was such a yeah. slick move and stuff. Yeah. Um, but if we were being Burnley and sitting back because it was still one-one, with that, I, mm. like I said, I don't think that third goal happens. But I think I think the sounds are there. I'd, Obviously, three defeats in a row now can very quickly become become four and then into Fulham. And then if it becomes five after that Fulham game, then we could be up the proverbial creek without a paddle. Um, but it's, I, I think, I think we play like that against... Three. Yeah, and then I, we I, think, play. I think that you play, that performance against Wolves, I think you're coming away with a point minimum. Do you know what? There's this thing with Wolves, isn't there? It's like we've, I know we drove them mad last year and we made Pedence have a social media meltdown. Uh, which was incredible. I unfollowed him and everything after that. Even <laughs> I, I gave him away for free on Twitter, uh, on Twitter or FIFA. Uh, so yeah, so uh, <laughs> I did. I, I quick sold him. Uh, but he's a yeah, he's a prick. Anyway, um, yeah, I know we can cause him frustrations and problems and things, but they still have a, a great squad. Let's be fair to it, mate. You know they've got Neto's on four, Pedro's on uh, what's he called? Not Pedro. Um, Neto and fucking hell, forgive me, I forgot. Let me have a look. And then Pudence, obviously, if he's playing. I know he's in and out at the minute. And then who else have you got? You've got... Priori, oh, you've got a wealth of experience Williams, in that squad, mate. You've got a wealth of obviously experience. The, the, obviously, Jimenez will still be injured and stuff um, yeah. after that horrific skull injury. And I think that's why they aren't having such a good season this season. He he, he did make them tick. And I think they are missing him. But I think we do, we do sometimes struggle against Traore simply because we struggle against pace. But I say we struggle against him. He can get past Never. the defenders. Never. He can get past the defenders quite well. But even even if he's playing on a you know on a uptownly on his own, he'll get to byline every single time. But he can't. He's got no end product. So I think we always tend to be all right with him, even though we struggle with him. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean he's powerhouse in it. And then you got even that like Willie Nose. I know that the like you said they're not striking on all cylinders without uh, Jimenez, but. They signed him as like an 18-year-old 
one of the top goal scorers or something daft like that, I think it was. He had some sort of record in Portuguese league. Um, and he signed him for mega money. So he's obviously got a lot to live up to still yet, but they won't pay that money if he weren't a serious threat or a potential to be a serious threat. No, of course not. Maybe he's struggling with the physicality of the Premier League, you know, that old cliche. Oh, he's, he'll, he'll find it easier against Ben Me and Tarky than kicking lumps out of him. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's it's one of them. I go back to the original question: easy point or you take a point there? If we play that, that yeah, definitely. But I've still got this feeling that they can turn it on and they're due a performance at the minute because they haven't really been. Yeah, they can it. turn it on. To be fair, uh, they do tend to struggle against us historical law recently. Um, we've had a few draws at Molyneux. You know, we've had a few victories against them at the turf. Um, I don't know. I, I would. I was confident going into that Southampton game and that backfire, and I was confident going into the Newcastle game. So I'm not going to go as, as far as saying I'm confident because of the last three results, I'm not. But the yeah. confidence has come back slightly thanks to that Manchester United performance. And I'm hoping that the change of formation could do us a bit of good. Like, like you say, I know I'm not going to say four four two is dead because obviously, like you say, we have had success with it in the past. But you know, we've got different personnel now. We've got better wingers, even though they've been here all the time. JBG's fit at the minute um, and McNeil's getting older uh, and now you've got different people in midfielders or you, you don't have a, a Hendrick or, or, or something like that you've got three in my opinion decent midfielders no, none of them are world beaters or, or probably going to rip up any trees but you've got three decent hard-working midfielders in there and that can probably really help a, a three-man in midfield system I know it's technically five um, but three-man in the middle of the park system because they work so hard that they'll always get that ball back and then get it to Westy or Corky, uh, and, and he can then start, or they can start spraying him around, get it wide, and then and then hunt forward in packs. So he can defend in packs and hunt forward in packs as well. So I'm hoping that the change of formation could sort of like do us good going forward into next week, into this weekend, should I say. It seemed to do us really well with the wingers in particular. Like I said, the, the threat that they had, we let them have the ball out there, but then as soon as we got into our shape, there was three to get through, and it it was really good. And against people like Adama that are going to try and stretch you, it it possibly is one of the better formations to take away from home against them. Uh, but individually, mate, there were good, there were good, some good performances. You know, you got um, we, we mentioned earlier, Chris Wood nailed it. Uh, Louts, brilliant. Tarky got a lot of mentions on Twitter. I saw uh, for being really good. And then, like you said, Jack Court, everyone, everyone were like, oh, fucking hell, you know, how much have we missed that? You know, they were only a few weeks ago. They were saying, nah, he's gone now. You'll not get back in this squad. Yeah, I've noticed with Brownell and Corky, though, it does tend to be like that. They'll, they'll, they'll have a couple of weeks where everyone's praising him and singing the praises, and rightly so. Then a couple of weeks where they have a few quiet games, and that's it. People are like, actually asking the question, like, what does Jack Cork actually bring us? Or what I saw one today, like, literally someone asking the question today on Twitter, like, what does Brownell actually bring us? He's had two bad games, mate, in, mm. in a Burnley shirt. And, you know, he was class before that. And a lot of people were seeing his praises. And, uh, and yeah, so it it's interesting well, to see how that three-man midfield work going forward. We were on the phone the other day, weren't we? And uh, I said it come up on the Sky Sports thing that he's got the second most interceptions in the Premier League, yeah. Brownell. So that's what he brings you, mate. Tweet yeah, that there you yeah, if I find that guy again, I'll tweet him. Um, tweet I'll, him. I, I already forgot who it is. Um, apologies, keep looking over, Simon. I've just been watching the, the Villa City game, but it's full time now. Um, so you have my full attention. I'll turn it off. There you go. The telly's off. Um, so no more looking over the shoulder there if you're watching on the podcast. Um, if you are watching on the podcast and you have subscribed, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are on around 430 subs now, so I'm hoping to, to get another 70 by the end of the season and maybe get to 500. I think I've said previously like 1,000 for the end of the season, but um, I think at this stage there's like, what, seven games left. 
um, it's not going to happen. Obviously, before we get onto the, the fan reaction and then move into the into the chat about the um, the failed coup by the the Super League teams, is I just want to quickly bring in the league table because I just get rid of that pitch sport banner. Um, sorry, guys at pitch, I will bring it back. Please don't uh, be angry at that. Um, we are now are we are officially now like the closest team to Fulham. Um, we, we are in seventeenth. It's six points now. Um, and even though we have played well recently, um, you can't help but look over your shoulder, can you? I mean, I, don't, I know I probably am a bit more negative than you, I think it's fair to say, but just looking at that, uh, yeah, you, you've got to be looking over your shoulder at that. So for those of you that are watching on the podcast, of course, Chef United at the bottom, already gone, forget about that. And then you've got West Brom on 24 points in 19th, and in Fulham are on 27 points in 18th. And we are the only side now, uh, sorry, the side directly above Fulham, outside the relegation places in 17th on 33 points. So your gap to Fulham is now six points. Uh, but their goal difference is better than ours. So if they win two games and we continue to lose um, every every single week, like we are doing at the minute, the last um, four games, according to this, actually, um, uh, we, we've lost. Um, and then you've got Brighton, who drew last night at the time of recording this against Chelsea on 34. Newcastle have started to pull away a little bit on 35. Uh, and then Southampton on 36. And then Palace on 38. But I think you can you can discount Southampton and Palace, I think. Um because they're going to be nine points in front of Fulham, and that's Fulham winning three games um, to catch them. And I can't see Fulham winning three games, which is a shame, because we, if we have held on to one of them, I'd be saying that about us. But, yeah, definitely looking over our shoulder, I think, at the minute. I know I am, anyway. No, 100%. To be fair, mate, I'm not normally one to say it, but I, I do feel concerned uh, to a degree, because I think if Fulham just get that win, I mean, it's worth mentioning, by the way, that we're all worried about Fulham, but they are still in a very poor yeah, yeah, you can even see the form on, on yeah. that there. They, they had a good result against Arsenal, yeah, yeah obviously, but before result, that, they yeah. lost four in a row. You know, Arsenal are all over the place at the minute. Brighton got a good draw against Chelsea, a very good draw there, to be fair to him. But again, not necessarily flying in, in general. Um, West Brom, you know, they're a dark horse, but they are coming in for They are coming up behind uh, with a good couple of wins there, mate. You never know. But my concern is if Fulham win, right, and that gap goes to three points, irrelevant and games in hand, that pressure mounts, mate. And knowing oh, that we've got Fulham. Say they win this weekend, we get beat, and they've got we've still got that game in hand. That's fine, but then we've got Fulham, mate. And then yeah, shit gets and they win that, they go above us. The shit go, gets real then, doesn't it? That's like, oh yeah. my god. It's um, it, when it's this close, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't out. People will still sit there. And I, ultimately, if someone said to me now, do you think we will go down? I'm still saying no, I think we'll yeah, stop I up. Agree. I still think we have enough points, but it's far too close for comfort. And it, we shouldn't be in this position. We should be on 39 points. We should be above Palace. You know, and we should be beating Wolves this weekend. Or sorry, if we beat Wolves this weekend, going above them. That's the position we should be in because we threw them games against Newcastle and Southampton away. So that's why I'm more annoyed of it. If we were just shit all season, then I wouldn't be as annoyed. But we haven't been. And we've been in a position where we should be away from it now. And we're just not. So definitely looking over my shoulder, I think. Yeah. Well, you got to take heart from it. Like you said, there's two games there we probably should have won. Uh, and a very good performance against Manchester United. So let's take heart from it. Let's take perspective on it. It is just a couple of bad results where we don't normally slip up like that anyway. No, uh, I brought Fulham's fixtures on screen now. So again, if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, I'll just read them out for your thoughts. So next, Fulham have got Chelsea at Chelsea. Um, obviously, Brighton have just got a result there. Um, so that is possible. I know we got absolutely annihilated by Chelsea twice this season. Um, and we don't ever seem to 
recently in the last few like, like recently get results at, at Stamford Bridge and I think it's always good to be playing the, one of the, the top six at the minute because of everything that's gone on as we found out with Brighton last night and and, and to be fair Villa nearly got a result against City um, then they've got us obviously we all know about that uh, then they've got Southampton away um, and then they've got Man United away and then they've got Fulham at home so I don't know Sorry, yeah, Fulham. Fulham are playing. Fulham at home. Um, Newcastle at home. Um, so that I, th- I think they'll get beat tomorrow uh, on Saturday. Mm. But uh, so that so that, that's one there. Burnley's a winnable game to them. Of course, they'll see yeah. that as a winnable uh, game at their ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Southampton's a winnable game because they're it and miss at the minute. Ever since that Burnley game, I think they've been a, been a bit poor. Yeah. Um, United, they'll probably get beat there, um, and then. And then they got Newcastle on the final day. I was hoping that Newcastle game on the final day could be something that we could just watch and, and see two teams battle it out. But um, yeah, it's looking like it, that. They're, Newcastle, you'd think, could be safe by then. But I think Newcastle have got an even more difficult run of fixtures, haven't they? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'll just get them up now. But what do you think of Fulham's fixtures? Well, like you said, they've already, you know, we just need to put the final nail in the coffin when you look at that, if I'm honest yeah, with you. If, if we get three points against Wolves, I'm. 100%. Game, so what do you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm even saying just don't get beat. Just don't get beat. That's simple as that. If you don't get beat there, you get a draw. It might not be pretty. It might not be a thingy, but let's start again next year. Yeah, because then it's three games again. Yeah. At the minute, it's only two games because if they win them two, their goal difference is better than ours, I think. Um, yeah. So then then, then they'll go above us. Whereas if, if it's three games, if they get two, two wins and a draw in their last five games and I think they've won about five or six games all season so it'd take a big turnaround for that yeah and to be fair we should be good at not getting beat because we've done that before Uh, we're quite a solid side and and you'd think that we'd be good at setting up not to lose but I think recently some of the performances have made me think that and especially with the pressure as well I know you've mentioned it but the the pressure is if, if it's mounted and then it's then it's tough, isn't it? You're going to start making mistakes and things like that. So uh, it's one of them uh, with the um, with the Fulham game. Uh, hopefully, we're not in a in a bad position uh, when we come to playing. But there's Newcastle fixtures on screen now. So they've got Liverpool away uh, next defeat. Then they've got Arsenal at home. Arsenal are it and miss. And they've got Leicester away, probably defeat. City at home. <sighs> no, it's a shame I mean, Newcastle beat there. us. It's, it's such a shame Newcastle beat us. Look at them fixtures. They They've would be yeah, it's, it's such a shame that we threw that game away. They would be pretty much on paper, dead they buried, but... in the next four. Maybe Nick, maybe get a win at Sheffield. Um, yeah, and then and, and then, then that Fulham games that, that obviously could have been yeah. so big. It's so disappointing Still we threw be. that game away because we threw that game away. Then they went and beat. West Ham, as you can see on screen now, I just had to scroll up because I couldn't remember. So that's giving them the confidence. And then they've, oh God, they'd have been, they'd have been pretty much out. I'd have, I'd have been saying Newcastle are going down right now if if, if they had a. Tell you what, if, if the saviour of, saviour of Saint Maximum didn't come into the uh, frame, I tell you, he did it against West Ham as well. He went down in that first, didn't he? Like, what, 10 minutes? And I thought, oh shit, he's going off here. But then he was like, running out of 100 mile an hour again two seconds later. Yeah, uh, he tell you what, and it's such a shame because we were looking at him when he when, when he played for Nice. And it's all I know. We say this about everybody. Same with Andy Robertson. Same with Harry Maguire. We were looking at them, but we never do anything about it. Um, so it's such a shame. Anyway, that's that's me and Simon's thoughts on the current state of the relegation battle, and of course the Manchester United defeat. Here's what some of the Burnley fans had to say on the Manchester United defeat. 
Good evening from New Zealand. One lonely New Zealand cleric checking in tonight. Martin is still on his holidays. I think he's been on holidays for about three weeks now. <laughs> it's all right for some. Anyway, moving on briefly and quickly. Uh, Man United 3, Burnley 1. Um, yeah, disappointing, but not really uh, surprising, really. Manchester United have been in good form. Um, uh, I would have bitten your arm off for a draw uh, before this game. Uh, alas, it wasn't to be. Um, yeah, I, I thought we, we, we played pretty well in places. Um, we were unlucky, really. It was that second goal that really took the window out of our sails. Up until then, you know, the clock was ticking down and I thought that we, we could have got a result. I thought, we, you know, we could have got a draw. Uh, a draw would have been a fantastic uh, result for us, given what had happened at uh, Arsenal earlier on. Um, but uh, that second goal, uh, which was a deflection of Cork's heel, I think it was, just you know, it just it just changed the game, and um, we didn't have any answer for it. You knew when the United got their noses in front that that was probably going to be it. Uh, interesting to see that um, Dash changed the, four, uh, the formation. He put five five across the midfield. You know, let's be honest, Dash isn't known for his uh, um, tactical flexibility. So that was an interesting one, and I thought it worked on the on the whole. Um, definitely having that body, extra body in the midfield, kind of helped us. You know, repel United. Obviously, Browner was trying to get forward and uh, support uh, Wood. It worked until the second goal, and then that was it, really. Um, our goal was great, you know, a typical Burnley, uh, where Cross comes in from the corner, and Tarki just shows more desire from for um, from um, the United defenders. And, you know, Harry Maguire, 80 million quid? <laughs> you're having a laugh. I mean, really, you're having a laugh. So, um, disappointed uh, about it, but not unsurprised, really. When, you know, we've got to keep looking forward with still six point between us and Fulham uh, with a game against is it full uh, no is it uh, Wolves next Wolves next and then West Ham and then Fulham so you know we can still do it guys it's looking very tight uh, I'm not panicking yet but um, you know we've got to start picking up points pretty soon uh, anyway goodbye from New Zealand and keep the faith up the Clarets
Well, why does it take you ten minutes to fucking get that together, eh? Dodgy bastards. Doctor in it, aren't they? It's a cheaters. That's what I reckon. <sighs> anyway, it weren't meant to be. Ah. But we did alright on all on whole, didn't we? Eh? We change of formation. Uh, normally when Dash fiddles with formation, he don't board well, do we? We don't usually do right well going away from four four two. But I thought we did alright, you know, not too bad. Well it might you still conceded three big goals, didn't we? But it were more down to bad luck today, weren't it, against United. So yeah, not too disheartened after the game. Uh, I thought uh, keeping it well, you know. Peaky, Peaky, what are we calling him? Peaky, Cocky, Faz, I don't know. Some are calling him B BPF or whatever. It's a bit of a mouthful for me, that. But um, Peaky, I'm calling him. Pork, we got Porky, we got Peaky. I thought he'd done well. I think it's good, really, that we've got to got had a chance to see if he, he's up to it, you know. Because, uh, you know, God forbid, Pope gets snapped up by someone else in summer. We know we've got a lad there who can uh, step into his boots. So, well played, lad. Pulled off a few decent saves, I thought. Didn't he? Anyway, at the end of the day, it weren't so bad, were it? Because, uh, thank fuck for Arsenal. Never thought I'd hear myself say that. Oh, well, I knew it. I knew they'd put in a shit performance after doing well in Europe and then coming back bloody jet-lagged to our fly, lazy fuckers. And then bloody, uh, oh, just thank fuck Fulham fucked it again in last minute. It's like seventh minute of injury time, wasn't it? Oh, well, that, well at that point, I thought, oh, God, it's going to be down to four points. Oh, my tits were twitching, they were. I thought, oh, no, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. But still six points now. I'm... Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna catch us and they need to get more than a point a game. So there we have it. That was the fan reaction from Manchester United 3 and Burnley 1. So thank you to everybody who got involved with that. Right, obviously we've done the Man United game, we've kind of done the Wolves game. I will try and do a a, um, a pre-game show this week because, like I said earlier, I'm off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I should have time to sit down and do a live stream for you all. Um, so we've done our part of the Wolves game. We'll do a prediction later on as well. Um, but I think, obviously, it would be silly of us to ignore everything that's gone on this week. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the European Super League, or should I say the failed attempt at the European Super League? Because it does... <laughs> We kind of missed the boat a little bit because we record on Wednesday nights. Um, but in the same sense, I'm glad we've waited we've at the same the time because, picture, yeah, we've got the whole picture. Now it's failed. Like if we'd have recorded this yesterday and put something out, it'd have been dead already because when you're going, oh, this cannot happen. And obviously it's not going to happen now. Um, or at least that version of it, what they've tried to do, isn't going to happen. I think we all know that these owners, um, even though they've all come, you know, apologising and, and things like that, I'm, I'm not buying it. Um, they tried to do the project big six, uh, project big picture, should I say, not big sixture, um, last year. Now they tried to do this, but um, I want to go back to something I said on on the watch along um, the other day because I know I said I do think the Premier League will be a more competitive and and ultimately entertaining place, but I never at any point sort of like suggested that I feel like it would be good for the league. Obviously, we we will everyone in the Premier League would lose a lot financially if broadcasters took it in a positive way, like 
they wanted the European Super League. It was good to see a lot of broadcasters come out and criticise it. Amazon Prime released a statement. Fair enough, their, their statement stopped short of saying we will not be purchasing the broadcasting rights, but it it, it looked very hypocritical if they then started bidding for it after the statement that they released. Same with Sky Sports and Gary Neville and, and, and Carragher and things like that, and the same with BT because all of their pundits were slanging it off um, left, right and centre. Um, so all of them would have looked very, very hypocritical. But again, I think the problem would have been is they'd have just created their own streaming service like the Premier League probably should have done 10 years ago anyway, like the NBA and the NFL have. Um, but thankfully, the project um, is dead. All of the six English clubs have pulled out. I think Atletico Madrid have pulled out, AC Milan have pulled out, and I think Inter have pulled out at, at this stage. I think there's only three teams left, Barca, Real... Juventus. And Juventus, so it's not. It's obviously not going to go ahead, is it? Um, but I think that goes to show. I think Real and Real aren't going to pull out because it's their president's idea, isn't it? Was it called um, Perez or something like that? Fiorentina Perez. Um, apologies if I've absolutely butchered that name or, or got it wrong. But um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on it all then, like from start to finish? Because it were, like you said earlier, yeah. an entertaining week, weren't it? Absolutely. Like there's so much to go for, really. So. I suppose the best place to start at the beginning. It went, when I heard about it, I was mortified. I was gutted because I said to you, you know, we had that little debate, which I loved it. In fact, I, I quite love, like looking at objective point of views instead of subjective. But the the matter of fact is, I, like I, I stand by what I said. The reason I was gutted is I didn't dream when I was sat on Chesterfield away in no roofs in Macclesfield and things like that of, of watching match at day and being in a Premier League team to then become the second tier with no ever avenue to get in into the first tier again. I mean, you know, th things can be snatched out of his hands and we're, we're only on borrowed time for the last five years anyway. So who's to say that, you know, that a new league wouldn't happen and we would get left behind? But the fact that we couldn't ever get in it was just soul destroying because what's it all for? We would become a Segunda League and the B sides would be playing in the Premier League. It would be absolutely catastrophic for the pyramid system of just our nation, never mind everyone else's. Yeah, so I think I think the best thing that we could have done in this country was just like you said, because they obviously wanted to to break away and do this league and stay in the Premier League. In that yeah. scenario, yeah, what you're saying is correct. They would then start using it as B-sides, then I think you said on the watch along where you might have said it onto the phone to me this week, um, but then they'll start loading players out to teams like, you know, Villa, Burnley or whatever. The team's left in it, say, right, you have a contract here with this guy, you have to play X amount of times and then we get X amount of money or give you X amount of money or whatever. Yeah, we earn our money, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I think it would it was good to see a lot of the talk about about it was, right, if you want to go to this league, you're not allowed to play in the Premier League. And I think in that scenario, I think... Um, it, it wouldn't have felt like a, a second-rate league. I think, I think, you know, like how there's rugby league and rugby union, it's sort of like the same sport but different codes and yeah. sort of slightly different rules. I think that's what eventually would, end, would have ended up happening. I think it'll still be football, but it'll be called like, I don't know, super football or whatever, some daft name well, that they'll give it. And, and they'll slightly tweak it for themselves. Well, I was worried as well like, that it could become the format of what American football is, where the, the, their version of football, not soccer where you become sort of like university teams, you know, like Burnley yeah. would become an area. So you, you've got to basically get drafted and all that. So, and, and I know that's very Americanism and you think, oh no, the British wouldn't have gone for that. But what I'm worried about is the fact that would that be the only appeal that we had to be a footballer is the fact that we can offer you a higher, you know, Div 1 
they do this in America at college level, Div 1, Div 2, and then the Super League or the NFL in their case, look at them to get the next draft of players. Yeah. Uh, because And it's all stats-based. And when you see what the Americans are doing and what our Americans are doing, and they're coming over with all this artificial intelligence, and you think to yourself, this is this is very similar, you know, territory uh, already, never mind with the Super League. So that were my first emotions anyway. My second emotions were, once I sort of like digested it, is... I do not want this to happen, and I stand by that. That that, that narrative of this is bad for Burnley was my thought process through the whole of this, by the way, so I'll just clear, clarify that. Uh, but then I thought to myself, I've always thought that this is actually a good idea, and, and it's kind of contradictory to what I'm saying, but my thought is that the concept of this division is what should happen in football, really, because it's evolution of sports. It's evolution yeah, of business. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the competition. Some competitions do. Like, competitions evolve and stuff. That's yeah, fine. I, mean, I think I think everyone can respect that. Look at the when we created the Premier League in nineteen ninety two. But there's there's evolving competition and making competition better, and then there's mm-hmm. completely monopolising sport. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't say to 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 everybody, right, this is the best league in the world now, but you will yeah. never play in it. It's physically impossible for you to get in it. Like It's not, all right, it's extremely unlikely that we will see Burnley play against Barcelona at the new camp in the Champions League, but it's still possible. Alan Pace might win, you know, some weird rich man lottery the other day and become a multi, multi-billionaire and then be able to splash loads of cash on us or some, you know, Middle Eastern prince might want to buy us and things like that. So it can happen. Look at Leicester. Obviously, Leicester fans would have said the exact same thing. The story of Leicester, um, which at the time is one that I watched with such jealous, envious eyes, was still amazing because it just shows yeah. that it, it can happen. And they didn't even, you know, obviously, they had rich owners and stuff, but, you know, they didn't really like have like a city sort of like Tycoon or whatever or a QPR sort of like Tycoon like they had in the past. Obviously, they didn't get anywhere near that. So I, I don't mind chat about competitions evolving, and I understand what you're saying on that sense. But to have a competition and then to completely monopolise it, and and I think that the the main thing is to completely ruin the integrity of sport. I think Pep said it this week. He said, yeah. "Sport is sport." Oh, sorry, sport isn't sport if the effort doesn't match the reward. So if, if it, obviously they put a lot of effort in to, to then go on to win the league or they buy all the best players or all these players as individuals become the best because of the amount of effort that they put in that's why they get these rewards if there's no like reward for all that effort and you're just going to get it anyway then then there's, that's not sport there's no integrity of competition there and I think that's that was obviously the main problem with it I do understand what you're saying competitions do need to evolve. Maybe the Champions League needs to evolve and it has done this week and I don't like it, so they can evolve it again. Um, but, so, but yeah, I think that the fact that you can't get there um, was obviously the the big no-no. So this is what I've said to absolutely everybody who's rang me this week or, or who I've spoken to and yourself included, that the actual concept is probably right. It is probably the next sort of big thing that we can do in this sport uh, you know, transport and things, we, you know, we're all connectable far easier than we've ever been, you know, country to country outside of COVID. It, it, it's just, you know, it's as quick to get to Barcelona as it is for us to get to London from Burnley. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that, that's the way it is now. So the co- the concept is correct. And I think that they, they've come up with a good idea. However, I've said from day one, the, for, the, the format of it is atrocious the fact that it's a boys club it's a billionaire's boys club is what it is yeah it's it's like you can like the teams that they've picked show that it's a boys club tottenham have won fuck all arsenal yeah. won, that, won the, the fact, and, uh, 
we Arsenal, you kind of get it. But Tottenham, the last time they won the league was a year after we last won it. They've won yeah. nothing since, what, the 1980s or maybe 1991? They might have won the FA Cup in 91. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I've not got it in front of me. But how they can be in it. Atletico Madrid as well. Like They've only won it once in 20 years, 24 it's, years. It's, uh, that's what I mean. Like I was shocked to see Atletico Madrid in it. I thought it was just the two Spanish teams. They're the only two Spanish teams that are probably worthy of being in something like that. Uh, not that anybody should be worthy of being it anyway, but you know what I mean. It, uh, uh, the big clubs with Arsenal, you get it. City as well, like with City and Tottenham and Chelsea, they have historically not been big clubs. Chelsea and City, especially, they have only recently had recent success. Uh, I know they've won stuff in the past and stuff, mm. but that's because oh, of the money that they've had. Well, yeah, so of I was going to say Middlesbrough then, but they haven't. Uh, so of Blackburn and Preston, you know what I mean. But um, so basically, it's a case of. All these rich men that are currently like the, the richest owners, that's why yeah. the clubs are doing the best, just want to make sure that their Champions League money is protected. It, not the Champions League money, because obviously they were moving, but their money that they were going to get on a on a yearly basis was protected. Because if you look at the, the league now, Arsenal probably aren't going to qualify for the Champions League. Tottenham probably aren't going to qualify for the Champions League. Having said that, they won tonight, so they, I don't know what the league table is at the top at the minute. Um, Liverpool struggling, probably will, but struggling. They want to make sure that if they have a bad season, they're still going to get 250 million quid. It's That's essentially all it is. They are protecting their investment. And I saw something that a Leeds podcast shared this week on, on Twitter and, uh, and Instagram. Uh, instead of calling it the, the Super League, it was called the League of Debt because every single one of them clubs is in multi-million pounds worth of debt. Some of them, and Barcelona, I think, is over a billion quid. Exactly. They're just protecting. They're making sure that they will always have a, a revenue stream. And if that's the case, fine. Don't run a football club. It's, if you want a successful business, don't run a football club. Go and buy, a, I don't know, a, go and buy Dell computers, whatever, and, and run Dell computers and, and do it that way. I don't know why I thought of Dell computers, but I just did. Um, but yeah, just that's not sport. I know sport does make a lot of money, oh, yeah, but it's right. not, it's not, you, sh you shouldn't have a guaranteed revenue stream by ruining the integrity of competition. That's just off the li off limits. And you shouldn't, that's just absolutely disgrace. And I'm glad, obviously, as everyone is, apart from like three people in Spain and Italy, uh, that it's collapsed. So, so yeah, so like obviously going through the continuing the emotions of it. So that was the first, then the second that day one once I sort of digested it. Um, it's something that I've said for years that possibly you know could happen when we we heard whispers of it even two years ago, didn't we? And then to hear that it's not happening and that it's not going to thing here, you know, there's a sense of relief. I'm buzzing because I think that it's imperative that we survive this Premier League for Burnley's evolution in the, in the game. But yeah. then I also think that these are sleeping giants, mate. These ain't going away. This is no, going to be re this is going to be revised. It might not be this year. We might even get away with it for four or five years now because of the uproar that it's caused. And how how proud I am that not just fans but rival fans came together. You know, bitter fans like Man United and Leeds and Liverpool and all came together and and caused this instant stoppage of something like I've never seen anything like it, and it's incredible to see. But it will come back on the table. It will come back to the table, hundred percent. But hopefully, it'll be revised. And you know what? If they said this is the league as it stands right now, and then every year they do a Champions League esque qualifiers, where you get to play the bottom team or the bottom two teams in that division, um, whoever wins the tournament. You know what I mean? So, for example, Rangers would be playing against West Ham as it stands at fourth. 
um, and and things like that. And you have a knockout stage, and then if you win, you get to play the bottom two teams or something. You know, yeah, even so that, basically, you want you wouldn't mind it if there was a way of actually qualifying for it. Yeah. yeah, like you said, it's just a billionaire boys club, isn't it? That's it's, not. I'm not plugging the brand there, the billionaire boys could make. I'm saying that's exa exactly what it is. It's 100% that. It's, it's the equivalent of going back into fucking Irish League where it used to say no women or children allowed over this line. You are not allowed in this place. That is as backwards as this sounds to me, saying you are not allowed in here unless you've got enough money. Not, I don't care how skillful you are. I don't give a shit about what you've won in the past. You, if you can't pay your way in, you ain't coming in. That doesn't make sense for me, that. RIP to the Irish League that were a class working men's club. But um they still had that yeah, sign up when they got I know they did. Up. I know they did. Um yeah, so what next then? Because you're saying it'll still happen. I totally agree with that. They've tried it, they tried project big picture, like I said, a couple of years ago. There's always been talk about this breakaway league and stuff. And yeah, they've come out and apologized, but you know they're just doing it because they're worried about loss of revenue and yeah. things like that. And share yeah. prices have plummeted. Exactly. Yeah. Man United share price dropped like an absolute store. I bought a couple and I didn't. I should have done. <laughs> Probably going back up now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what now? Because obviously no German club did it because Bayern Munich and Dortmund and the big clubs over in Germany have the 50 plus one model, which basically means that they are majority owned by fans. Yeah. Obviously, they'll get investment and stuff from the, you know, the 49%. So Basically, obviously, uh, if a club makes a decision on themselves, as I'm sure this was the case with Arsenal, Liverpool and stuff, obviously it's the shareholders that will make that decision. Um, but obviously, I don't know if that was the case for this, though. I think it was just the owners. But I'm saying for the German clubs, obviously the shareholders can't push something through that's just completely business-based and ridiculous because the fans will have the majority share so they can stop it. So is that something you want us to do? or Because no. or, that, that sounds like a way that we could stop it, though. No, no, I, I agree with it because of the morals and the principles and etc. But then on the flip side of that, you can't then say you, you can't really have someone else in charge of your money and your decisions. I don't feel like that's a fair thing. I don't think, for example, Chelsea fans right now are in uproar. They're called for the sacking of, I can't forget, remember his fucking name, sorry, but the sacking of the chairman, right? So they want to sack the chairman. They said, get him out, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's bad for the club. Roman Abramovich is the man who would have said, yes, you could use this money to go and you go in the Super League. 100% right. But they're not calling for his head because he's the one who provides the money. Yeah. Because he's the one who's making that club one of the people that could even be in the top six. You know, Daniel Levitt, people like that. And for, you know, for all these, as, you know, his negatives, look at Woodward. Ed Woodward has stepped down. Right. He stepped down because he's been made to look a fucking idiot because he's been probably told by the Glaciers, listen, this is on the table, make it happen. He's gone and said, I've got this offer. Do you want to join this league? They've said yes. Then they've told him to pull out of it. And he said, well, I look a fucking you know, an idiot now. And then they've said, basically, go and hang yourself out to dry. So he said, no, I'm walking. I, I don't know. You know, I were a bit, I was talking to someone at work the other day. Um, Ed Woodward is... He is dick. probably the best in the world. He is a dick and he's a snake, but he is probably the best in the world at what he does. Yeah. That's not good for a fan. That's good for a business, but that's yeah. not good for a fan. Um, I think there's more to it. I think maybe he's... What, what, what won't surprise me is, like I said, because I think they are going to try it again, but I think they know that now fans won't allow it. So... And and there's all these all these teams that obviously have fans, and they all, they're also under legislation from UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, and the FA or whatever it is. 
So they could maybe they're planning on this is just hearsay. I'm just this is not even hearsay. It's just my brain working. They, maybe Joker. they could just now, yeah. They're going to create like new clubs or something, or like franchises, as it were, in America. Like, like that's that's what Beckham's done. He's created a franchise. He's mm. gone and created into Miami. So maybe that's something that they could do. Now they could they could create this super yeah, league yeah. with brand new football clubs and just create yeah. football clubs like I don't know yeah. the, the Paddy the Paddy and Predators in, in the Super League. I think that's I think that I think that's why he's left. Yeah, well, I think he's on. left because I think he's yeah. left because he wants he still wants part of this and yeah. he knows he can't do it at Manchester United. So he's gonna go, he's gonna create a franchise, or I'm not gonna call it a club, because it's not a club, it'll be a franchise. Um and I think that's I think the the Juventus equivalent of Ed Woodward apparently resigned, but then Juventus denied it, so I don't know what the crack is there. Um so it's looking like these sort of people might be pulling out of it. We don't even know if well, we're actually United, United officially released a statement saying he's... I mean, he's today, because I checked yeah, last night and they were like... Yeah, they, they, even they, they released a statement. Like, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> they released a statement, but he's not, he's not, he's not leaving until the end of 2021 or yeah. the end of this... It's not the end of the season. It's the end of 2021. So it must some sort of like contractual obligations mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think that's I think that's the next step. I think yeah. they'll yeah. still do it, but just create franchises from scratch to do it. Yeah, well, for fair play, you off your pop, bloody yeah, Guernsey, oh, Guernsey and Alamantor or something. And, you know, hey, that Alamantor little, were class. Make little teams on these little islands because that's the only place you're going to get away with it. Um, Alaman 11. Alaman 11, yeah. The uh, the Guernsey kickers. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I, I only... I only said Alaman 11 because that were a team that Burnley actually got beat by once when I went to it. Um, they just... I don't know if it were an actual team or just... Eight people that they found on a park at Alaman plus three dogs or something that were just it's because the players were put together in that pub all that and then they go and yeah, play. And I went day. to watch Burnley play against him and they got beat against him. Um, yeah. but yeah, so so what next then if you don't like the 50 plus one model? How do we stop it from doing it? Do we need Borgio to, to put some legislation in there, or do we just need the Premier League and the FA to to come down on him like a ton of bricks and just say <laughs> But I'd, I, for me, I think you need rule. You need new rules created to prevent this. Like yeah. if you ever try and prevent, uh, try and do something like this, you are immediately expelled um, from the leagues or whatever. Um, having said that, if you expel them, they've got free reign to go and join it, haven't they? So that that won't work. Um, so, so what do you think we should do? How, how do we stop this from potentially happening again or rearing its ugly head again? Because as as we both said, we both think it will happen again, or they'll try and do it again. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can stop it. I think it is business at the end of the day, and we've allowed this to become this over the years because we're quite happy to take the money off them. We're quite happy to for, to see the best players in the world as being brought in, and and it's all well and good when we're allowed to spend the money. But when when they want to bring it back in, and all of a sudden we're in uproar. So again, I, just to re really clarify, for my club, which is Burnley, it is catastrophic if it happens. However, the Americans are in now. We've got these new owners. We are going to see differences. We're already seeing shifts in, in the way that they're recruiting people. If they then start saying, here's 100 million to spend, are you telling me that Burnley fans are going to go, well, let, let's have a majority shareholder when it comes to other things and things like that. I don't think it's quite fair to say, right, we'll take your money, but then we decide what we're doing with it. I don't know if that's quite fair. Fair enough. Um, interesting to see how it rumbles on. Like I said, I think that's the, the next step. I think they'll... Just create sort of, sort of like a, a rugby union, rugby league sort of thing, where that the football is slightly different, or uh, and they'll do it with their own franchises that they oh, made from scratch. 
Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, fucking, I'm sorry. China have done it. China have created Shanghai's bloody eleven exactly, and all these, yeah. and they've done it, and they've ploughed money in, and they've offered five hundred grand a week to get the richest, best players in the world. But they're not. They're just getting people that are weighing themselves in before they finish, and people pay play for the badge and like you said it and we said it on the phone the other day that they wouldn't become Manchester United if they moved over to the Super League it would be the Red Devils against yeah. against the Lions and, and etc it'd just be it'd be Americanised and it wouldn't be the same but fair play to them if they want to do it another way uh, What did you make of Alan Pace's reaction to it all because um, he came out and I thought the club took a while in condemning it, but I also understand why they waited the amount of time they did. They obviously they did it after the meeting of the other fourteen clubs. Yep. So there are a few people sort of like uh, whinging, but I, I I understood why they were waiting. But when they did come out, Alan Pace released you know quite a damning statement to say he's you know he's frustrated and even angered by it mm-hmm. and things like that. He went on Five Live, he went on Sky Sports. So what do you make of his reaction? I think it's just a, to be fair, mate, I'm not going to lie, I think it's just a reaction of someone who's thinking I've got a shitload of money in this club now that could be worth fuck all next year if these clubs leave. So that would be my reaction as well. He's uh, Granted, we could say what he wants about the way he purchased the club, but he still owns the shares that are worth X amount of millions and he hasn't been paid back for that yet. So he, um, he, he has an invested interest to make sure that this does not go ahead. The same as Gary Neville, by the way, who I think articulated himself unbelievably in these arguments uh, and the way he did it and the way he drove it and he put, he used the media for positivity to drive it, to get us all to rally together in peaceful protests, etc. But he's still got an invested interest, mate. He's not doing yeah. that because he fucking loves football. He's doing that because he's got a couple of million sat in Salford that's going to be worth nothing if this happens. Yeah, fair enough. And it... Obviously, I fully respect going. I'm happy like that him and Carragher. Yeah, I'm happy that him and Carragher did what they did. I think that was the the start of it all. Obviously, the, the fans were outraged. Yeah, yeah, that was the start of it all. The driving post. That's a perfect way of putting it. The fact that he did that and Sky Sports clips it up. That football daily, probably that four four three accounts. They all clipped it up, stuck it out there. Then everyone else were like, "He's annoyed. I'm annoyed as well." Yeah, um, yeah, so we, we we we'll we'll kick off about this, and that's what caused all the protests and things like that. So yeah, even if he does have an invested interest, still fair play. He's done the right thing, yeah. and I thought and the same Alan, with Alan Pace. Yeah, I'm going to say, and I thought Alan did the right thing as well, um, he even if right he has thing. an invested interest or not. But um, well. yeah, of course we would. Um, anything else you want to run on the Super League before I quickly oh, get to the Wolves predictions? Yeah, I've got so much more to say on it, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wolves, then, we've already had a quick preview. What's your predictions for it? 1-0 Burnley. Going 1-0 Burnley? I can't yeah. I can't back a win again. Uh, I've been backing wins left, right and centre. I don't think we'll get beat, though. I'm, I'm going in with a bit more um, confidence than I, than I was the Man United game, uh, and I'm feeling a bit better about the game uh, than I did after the, the two uh, shambolic games against um, Southampton and Newcastle. Um, so I think we'll get a point. We tend to do well against Wolves. We just need Fulham. We just need Fulham to keep slipping up. We can't have them hit form while we're stuttering. We're stuttering at the wrong time. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll get a point though, but obviously we need Fulham to get beat at Chelsea. And with everything going on at the minute again uh, with Chelsea, I am a little bit worried. Um, but that's it then, I think, for this week's podcast. Unless there's anything you want to add, I don't know you quickly just grab your phone then. I'm not sure if you've got something to say on there. No, sorry, mate. Just checking. I'm where I'll tell you off air, but I'm on patrol. Fair enough. Um, right, well, that's it for this week's podcast. Then, if you're watching on YouTube, please do subscribe if you haven't already. If, you, if you're watching on Facebook as well on Friday night on, on the on the um, on the restream, 
um, and you haven't subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It'll mean a lot. Uh, we are, of course, can get sent Facebook stars uh, on Facebook. Um, so if you want to send us some stars, you can do in this restream as well. They don't just have to be live videos. You can do it now on this restream as well. Um, and I know a few people have been asking for Patreons. Hopefully by the time that this goes out on Facebook, on Friday night, a Patreon will have been set up. If not, I'm definitely doing it this weekend because I've got three days off, like I said earlier in the show. Um, and if you haven't already, please follow us on all the social media channels. If you are watching on the, on Facebook and YouTube, they are, of course, at the bottom of your screen. Now, we are on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're even on TikTok as well. We've done quite well on TikTok um, recently. I say recently. I put a video up about two, three weeks ago, and it's very well. Um, but I haven't touched it since. And um, that's it for this week's podcast. Um, I'm going to try and do a pre-game show. You're free for a watch along, aren't you? As we've said earlier. So we've got you. We've definitely got Kieran. Johnny's been a bit hit and miss recently. We'll see. Hopefully we can get Johnny uh, involved as well. But that's it for this week's podcast. Um, hopefully if we don't see you for the pre-game show, we'll see you for the watch along. If we don't see you for the watch along, we'll see you for next week's podcast. Thanks for watching and we'll see you when we see you. Podcast Network.